0: Thanks for listening to the Youthology Podcast with Jeff Grinnell. Be sure to check out all of our available resources on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or online at youthology.com. Now, let's jump into the podcast. So let's, let's talk for a minute about um, 2020 pre-pandemic. Okay, So we're, we're a couple months in. What, what were you seeing the Lord do? What were you hearing uh, from him in terms of where the church was headed when it came to campus ministry in general. You know, uh, youth ministers involved in school for we're
1: here You know, one of one of the encouraging things, let me give you two, a, a, a positive and a negative. One of the encouraging things was uh, volunteer leaders in youth ministries who were making a a effort to be on campus. You know, you know this as well as I do. Just because a church has a full time or, you know, even a part time youth pastor, youth leader, uh, that's paid or you know working solely for the church, doesn't mean they're on campus. I I've found, to be honest, I've found, and this is this would be anecdotal. This is not necessarily data, um, but in my personal experience, which is pretty exhaustive in small, medium, and large churches, in urban. Uh, suburban and rural settings. uh, I'm in all of those, okay? I've found that, man, not half of youth pastors are on campus. I'm telling you, because I talk to them. And when I do, it's like, well, you know, once in a while, or yeah, I go to a game, but there's very little uh, campus access at at that paid staff. But what I'm finding is that a lot of Uh, volunteer leaders are getting involved in the community, getting involved in sports, going by and serving at lunch, you know, or whatever they can do to have a presence on campus. That is encouraging. Uh, You you wouldn't think it it would, you would think that those numbers would be the opposite, but man, I don't know if the the full-time, you know, uh, guy or gal is getting sucked into the system in the church, you know, uh, enjoying, cafe visits for a long time and not getting out you know i don't know man but it can be intimidating we all know that it can be intimidating so to me that would be the positive uh that volunteer leaders uh, you know and teams are you know may are getting involved with with campus the 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 negative would be you know the opposite of that that we are not having enough of our uh professionals you know, in youth ministry that do this for life, vocationally, um, with a burden for campus ministry, I get asked a ton of questions all the time. How can I get on campus more? And I'm like, hold it, dude, you're 28 and you're not on campus? <laughs> I'm 50, I'm 58 almost, and I'm on campus as much as I can be. You know, Reggie Dabbs, many of you know Reggie Dabbs and, um, and what he does on a regular basis. He and I talked yesterday and, he, and he's, it's driving him crazy, Because, you know, it looks like their assemblies in the fall are all going to be canceled that he has scheduled already. Um, Because everything's just different in the public school now, you know. And so now we have to be a little more creative with it. So I would say those would be the two things. And I know they sound really general, but that's what comes to my mind. There is this lack of effort. And then there is this, um, you know, plan, the strategic plan to, to reach the campus but it's almost flipped, Steve, from who you would think would be accessing campus and who would not. Yeah. Well, I and mean, you know this because you spent time with our
0: leaders. The reality is that our, our leadership core, the directors, the coordinators, those who are championing uh, volunteer level for first priority, they, they face that every day as they go out and have conversations
1: right. to local church. So,
0: right. Right. Let's be broad and talk about the local church. Where where do you feel like that trickle down comes from or doesn't come from when it comes to student ministers, youth pastors, and even lay leaders, you know, your part-timers, that uh, don't find a burden? They're they're not burdened for the student on the campus. What's our why? Why are they there?
1: Yeah, to me, the parachurch is the leader, obviously, in this. And it, it starts there. I, I think I mean you, we can talk about a burden and a vision to reach the lost. We we need to talk about apologetics and youth ministry. That, that's the to me that's the larger discussion, okay? Um, and, and we could go there. That I don't you know it's it, it maybe we have seen a uh, a season of youth pastors who are under thirty whose youth pastors themselves were not on campus the last 10 years, 15 years. So You know what I mean? So these kids who were in high school, who are now youth pastors, you know, 10 years ago they were in high school, they didn't have a model, because this isn't new. Okay, this isn't new. Um, They didn't have a model of a youth ministry on campus. They had a model of a youth ministry doing small group, having, having a blast, playing gaga ball, playing nine square, all that stuff but they didn't see their youth leader on campus. They didn't pray for their campus uh, at the beginning of every message. My students heard me at the beginning of every message when I was a youth pastor, highlight a school and we'd pray for that school. Or I would announce at the end of the youth service, hey, Friday night, there's a big game between Central and Catholic. We're gonna be there. The youth leaders will also be over at Kentwood and uh, Fruitport, you know. So we had all of these different announcements. Our kids knew that was... I think we've raised a generation of youth leaders that didn't see it in their youth ministry. So I think that's part of, part of it. Um, the, the loss of an apologetic in the youth leader himself or herself who doesn't have a passion for it. Um, maybe a third one is it's intimidating. It's intimidating to get on campus if you haven't been there, you know, um, etc. Et closed campuses. I mean, I've never, and I know you feel the same way. There's no such thing as a closed campus. Uh, I've heard the stories of well you know the youth pastor who was there before us got up on the table and started preaching and now we can't go, okay fine you can't go to, you, you can't go on campus but there's so many ways that you, you if, number one, you can get on campus because you train campus missionaries who are your students who have to go to campus and so that just having that burden, counseling, coaching, uh, buying a season sports pass, right, and meeting the principal at the football game or at the basket, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, I don't know. It, I think that part of it is we've raised a generation of youth pastors who didn't see their youth leaders on campus. They don't have a they don't have a passion uh, apologetic for the campus. The campus is intimidating. Uh, they have excuses. You know, that's I think that's all part of it. Um, that's a, the, the question to me, Steve, it gets down into the heart, not the, not the methodology of it and the practice of it. Fair? Oh, it's, Yeah, it's very
0: good. And, and again, I, I think for those who are already our audience, they would all agree and, and have very much the same take of the last 15 to 20 years as you would. Um, that does lead us to the reality that we're now... We're now thinking about post-pandemic realities, and you brought up Reggie's reality with assemblies, and we've got Scott in Mississippi that's dealing with the same thing with his athletic things that he does. Right. So, as you begin to talk to these assembly guys, you know we're realizing we're going to have to do things differently. So what you're a trainer with Youthology. What are you saying,
1: or what even not even what are you saying yet, because maybe you're still thinking it through, but what yeah. are you thinking about in terms of how you're going to coach these
0: youth ministers, these youth uh, networks, how are you going to coach them to be smart enough to actually train campus ministers? And let me... me,
1: Yeah, go. Because
0: I think the day, this is me being opinionated, I think the day of saying, here is the strategy to share the gospel, right? I think that day is becoming, we're starting to turn the ship a little bit and it's starting to become here's the strategy for you to have a burden for your campus. In other words, we used to teach technique, and now we're trying to help students and youth pastors understand. Now, this is about a heart and understanding what the gospel has done in your own life and moving that on.
1: So with that groundwork, how are you beginning to talk to or preparing to talk to these groups that you coach? Good. So... Again, man, so much of so much of what I like to talk about as as a co a youth pastors coach, youth leaders coach is theory. It's theoretical. We got to get to the practice, but we never get to the practice if you can't deal with the why. This, you know, this question you're asking. So, um I'm going to do a shameless plug for the book. No <laughs> problem. <of> <laughs> um I, My youth ministry book came out in the past six months, and I do a whole chapter on this question, on what I call neutral site ministry, or uh, what many have called uh, ministry context, the context of the teenager. Okay, If we are not in the context of the teenager, then they're not going to come and visit us because it's almost like... Youth pastors, youth leaders are standing at the door of the youth ministry saying, come, we've got this great program for you, right? But they never step foot on the campus or they never step foot on, they never go home where the students are home. They're, they don't go to their, their workplace, you know. They're not in their world, the mall with them, the skate park, you know, what the, the game. So to me... We have to do more neutral site ministry because what happens is if we don't do more neutral site ministry, okay, this is the, this is the why, then we are gonna raise students who are co-dependent on the church and they never serve God in, in, the, in their context because what they do is they go to church to serve God. They don't go to church serving God. You know what I mean? So they show up at the youth group to serve God, then they leave him there and they walk back to their campus or their school or their home and it means nothing because the youth ministry hasn't been in their setting either. So um, I wanna read this real quick. Um, While speaking with, I don't don't know if you've heard of uh, Live Dead, Dick Brogdon and Live Dead, it's an elite missionary uh, ministry. While speaking with Dick Brogdon one morning on a short flight from Springfield, Missouri to Chicago, Illinois, we were talking about youth ministry. Dick and his wife, Jen, and two boys, Luke and Zach, founded the Global Live Dead Missionary Movement. Jen was also in my youth group and was my admin for several years, uh, or, you know, 25 years ago. So we had been close for, very many, for, for years. On this short flight, Dick said something to me. He said, if a missionary showed up in America, okay, this is right out of the book, a missionary would ask youth pastors why are you not on campus? Now think about that from a missionary's perspective. Dick and Jen and Live Dead are in the context of their mission. Mission's target. Okay. Um, I can't say even where he's at right now, man. It's just, uh, it, uh, yeah. And we're talking, and, and he's like, "What do you see as one of the problems?" And I say, "Man, campus ministry. We're just. I, I can't get these leaders on campus, you know, regularly." And he said, if a missionary showed up to America, they would scratch their head and say, why in the world are you not on campus? You know, what are your excuses? So um, I, think it, I think we have to teach and we have to train neutral site ministry, not just, not just church campus. And we have to learn how to take um, that neutral site ministry and teach our students how to serve God in the context of their world. Got that?
0: I do, and and I love that. So, you know, as you're talking, it
1: reminds me. Breaks me, man. Around youth ministry, uh,
0: which is titles are given, but respect is earned. Good. So I think you can layer that all the way through, and here's what I mean by that. A youth pastor can be given the title of youth pastor, but unless they enter into a student's world, there's no chance they ever actually become the youth pastor, right? They're they're just the guy at the church that's called the youth minister. So let's go farther with that, right? You can walk on to any site you want to. If you call it neutral site, that's fine. You can walk onto a school, you can walk on a ball team, whatever. The first time you show up to meet the kid, right? The kid's like, that youth guy is here. But when you begin to invest and take time at where they are, then it's, hey, my youth guy's here. Or, hey, you need to have a conversation with this guy, too, because you wouldn't believe. And all of a sudden, that respect layer earned. I think, to me, that is where some of the missing element is, is that what you are being asked of to show up to these places right. can, be intimate, can be intimidating. It can be hard, right? But I have to give up things in order to do it, so I've got I've to give up lifespan in order to do it. And yet, it's where you actually meet the relationship factor that...
1: Yeah, listen, here's a story. Sorry, Steve. Um, it's kind of like the news and all the uh, delays, right? <laughs> Watching the news and they're like talking over each other. Um, here's a story. A youth pastor, lady, a, a, a girl, and uh, she has been wanting to get on campus. So we had, a, we had a conversation about a year ago and she came up with this idea. And this this is not new. This is totally not new. But what she did is she decided to, contact the school, the large high school where she's at as a youth leader, and tell them, hey, I want to come in and and, um, I want to be a part of your lunch staff. You don't have to pay me. And so she works this out. They had to pay her a dollar just because of legal issues. So they pay her a dollar to come in. And her and one of her other youth leaders, another guy, come in and, and serve and save, not only save the school money, okay, because they're serving at this high school, all three lunches, Hair, hair net on, and they wear like their youth ministry logo and merch and stuff, you know. And they're not only saving the school money, but here are 900 kids who come through three lunches and get to see this girl and this other youth leader smiling at them as they hand them tater tots or whatever, <laughs> right? And I'm telling you, it's those kind of ideas and that kind of creativity, um, the practical side that's fantastic, but she wasn't going to, forget all of our practical ideas if someone doesn't have that why if they don't have that theoretical deep down inside of them I want to do this and so I listen if a youth pastor or a youth if a youth leader wants to do this I have we have ideas they can go to the first priority site They, have, we have ideas on how to start a club you know how to start um, what do we call them for, at first priority? FP clubs? no yeah yeah or huddles yeah with FCA or whatever that is we can we can show you how to start one, okay? But you have to have that, that it factor, that desire. So that's where I think that neutral site and that context understanding, wow,
0: I'm a missionary. I'm actually a missionary. So Thank you for listening to today's episode. Be sure to check out all of our available resources at ufology.com or any of our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube, all at the handle Jeff Grinnell. Have a great day.